0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Steve Hartland is sitting across from me today. Steve, what's going on, man?
1: Oh man, I'm here, but uh, I'm under duress. <laughs> uh, I made a big, big, big mistake this morning. So, uh, so we both live north of Baltimore a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I had a doctor's appointment down in DC near the Ooh. Capitol Building. Let's say you can almost see the Capitol Building from there. Ooh. And I had to be there at 10:30 this morning. Which I thought would put me on the tail end of rush hour. Oh my goodness! No. So an hour and a half drive was two and a half hours. Oh, extra hour. Stop and go. Stop and go. Stop and go. Stop and go. Oh, over man. and over and over. But anyway, I got there. Yeah. I left real early, and I got there. Um, the hour, the hour and a half ride home was just fine. But. Oh man, I put a big hole in my day. Yeah, I bet Kinda wore me out. Oh
0: man, that
1: that is huge. So what's I the mean... moral of the story? Find a local doctor. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> wow. I
0: know, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So is this just someone you've been going to for years? Is that um...
1: no? This is a first visit with this person. So oh, okay. They're supposed to be they're supposed to specialize in something that I'm dealing with and got okay. go see so them. I
0: go see them. yeah interesting yeah joy and i've been in that situation before she has um she has a medical condition and so um sometimes her her local now she does have a local primary doctor but sometimes that primary doctor will be like well why don't you go up to <laughs> philadelphia and see one of the specialists up there it's like okay <laughs> they better be good man. yeah <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, no getting around it. No getting around it.
1: Other than that, fine. Uh, Also, uh, under dress, man, aging parents. And we love them. Oh, yeah. We love them. But they're running into more and more challenges on Debbie's side and my side. And uh, it's kind of a new season in life. Yeah. you know, Like, I just had a granddaughter born. That's grandchild number 11. I got to hold her last night. She's one month old now. I held her at the hospital when she was born. Yep. So, So I've got her. And then I've got my dad who's 89 yeah. and yeah, things are going bad for him, you yeah. know, and there are changes in life and oh, it's hard to deal with all that. Yeah.
0: I know. I, isn't that one of the most difficult things just to see, you know, like the, the realization that, you know, first of all, um, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. And it? then, and then second, you know, the people around you aren't getting any younger either. Yeah. And, you know, just
1: well, you're not experiencing this yet, but I am pretty much everywhere I go. I'm Mm. older than most people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not experiencing (laughs) that quite yet, Um, but I am uh, a little bit when I look around at um, some of my colleagues, I am one of the older ones um, amongst my colleagues at school. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those seasons where it's like, okay, the newer, younger teachers are coming in and, Uh. you know, there are a few older than me still, but you know, um, I'm looking around like, huh. I'm not the young one anymore. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Just wait. You are the young one. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> From my vantage point, yeah, you're the young one. Oh, Nathan, he's young. That's right. Oh, man, that's good. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into our topic, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, want to make a shout out to Mission Aware. Um, again, thank you so much to Mission Aware, longtime sponsor of the podcast. We have um, Halloween coming up just around the corner. And, um, you know, it's, it's great because the, um, post Tenenbrook's Luxe shirt I have after darkness light, you have that great skeleton with the lantern on there. Um, and so, you know, we've been talking about, Hey, you've got the holiday seasons coming up with Christmas and things like that. I think that would make a pretty darn good Halloween shirt, Mm -hmm. particularly with the reformation right there on October 31st. So, you know, it's just an all purpose, multi-purpose shirt that you can, you know, use for any season. Sweet. Um, Now, can you,
1: can you wear a shirt like that? To teach in your classroom?
0: Not to teach, but that's because I have to be a little more formal when I teach, but I will often wear that shirt when I get a dress down day. Oh, all right. So, yep, that's my, that's my go-to when I have a dress down day at I
1: bet the students enjoy that. Huh? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and it's actually, it's gotten a few, uh, you know, kind of side glances from the teachers and things like that too. You know, they take a look at it and then it's like the double take. Wait a minute. Oh, whoa. That's kind of cool. You know, and they realize what it uh, is. So nice. Yep. Yep. So mission aware, check them out. Um, you know, Steve, I, I don't want to, um, when Greg and I started doing the podcast, we had made an intentional decision not to really do a single podcast about the news, but I feel like we really can't get away from, um, events that have gone on, um, out in Las Vegas, um, this past weekend, you know, just, um, want to make, an announcement, you know, that um we, you know, praying for the people out there and, you know, um I think this is gonna really fit into what we're gonna be talking about today um with the podcast. You know, we are in such a broken and fallen world. Hmm. Um and and I see, you know, some posts and remarks from people, I can't how can these things happen? You know, I can't believe this is going on. Um when I think the fact of the matter is this has been going on all throughout history yes exactly we've forever. just yeah. we've just come up with better ways of doing more destruction over the years, yeah.
1: and we have better news and we can see it, yeah, watch videos of it on our phones,
0: yep, yeah, I agree you know the the access to the media that we have is just is crazy, I mean literally live as it's going on worldwide able to see yeah worldwide yeah. these events, and so mm-hmm. you know nothing. There's nothing that's able to be processed anymore. You know, there's no time to process anything. It's mm-hmm. here it is, time to move on to the next thing, I yeah. feel like.
1: And, you know, if you were a homesteader trying to grow something out of parched soil in Oklahoma right. in the 1800s, you, you didn't, man, did you hear any news? Yeah. Maybe if somebody passed through and they'd tell you, oh, you know, so and so's president now. Yeah. Really? When did that happen? Eight years ago? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you just didn't know. Oh, we got news coming yeah. out of our ears.
0: Well, and you got it. You know, you got to think. I mean, something like the Boston massacre that happened. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the only way people were hearing about that is if you know you had somebody riding day and night all up and down the Eastern Seaboard. You know, mm-hmm. people in Massachusetts were getting the news, but you know, people in Boston. But outside of that, I mean, it would have taken days, weeks, months. It would, wouldn't, it? to filter down.
1: Yeah, it would have taken uh, maybe a month for news to travel from London to yeah. New York City.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Different it's just world. it is. And um you know, but just um a reminder of you know what this is the world we live in. This is not our true home. This is not our true kingdom. That mm-hmm. we have a better one that's coming, but um you know, until that time remember these people keep them in prayer. The Bible tells yeah. us to weep with those who weep. Um and uh, you know, I for one get very Disappointed in politicians on both sides when they use Mm. this as a political agenda. Mm. Um, where I feel like, you know what, let's put politics aside and just remember that there are people, there are families that are affected by this. That's horrible, yeah. So,
1: it's also a reminder to me think about James, James says, Don't boast yourself mm. about tomorrow because yeah you don't know what tomorrow holds man these were just people like you know, like you and me going to yeah hear jason aldean and whoever else was That's at right. that concert and just go have a good time and wow look what it turned into yeah you'd never expect it. you're going to a concert that right means. so uh man preach the gospel yes Yes.
0: And it it really, you know, it is, it is the good news of Christ that, you know, we as believers don't have anything like that to fear. You know, we can, you know, with a clear and easy conscience fly out to Las Vegas tomorrow without fear that, um, without worry of what will happen to us if something like that does happen to us.
1: Can you fly to Las Vegas with a clear conscience? Well, that's true. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yes, there, there are reasonable <laughs> reasons to go there. From time to time, we we'll have somebody in our church saying, you yeah, know, we're going to Vegas. Today. And I'll look at them. Yeah, oh, think, really? What are we doing out there? <laughs>
0: oh, that's great. But, um, you know, I have, um, I have a student of mine who um, has really – taken a lot of issues to heart recently and a lot of things like this. And he, and he's just become so overwhelmed with the problems of the Mm. world. Um, You know, and the one thing that has just been such um, a comfort, you know, both to me and to him is just to be able to look at it and say, you know, um, the good news is, is not just the good news that Christ came and died for us. It's also the good news that God, that didn't slip God's notice, Mm. you know, and I know some people will look at that. Well, how can God do that? It's like, you know what? God is in control of it. Yeah, and um, as much as we don't like it, we know that he's a good God. We know that he's a righteous God. We know that he's a holy God, and we know that um, his purpose is going to prevail no matter what happens. Yeah,
1: but you're absolutely right. There have always been horrible events and horrible times, and if not, uh, you know, if not an Indian, I'm not trying to do something that's not PC here. But right. but back in the days of conflict with. Uh, Indians in the United States and, you know, there were Indian massacres. Yeah. We'd massacre them. They'd massacre us. Yeah. Um, man, just awful stuff happened. A tomahawk would do it. Yeah. Just like a semi-automatic yeah. rifle would do it. Exactly. You know, 15 would do it. Or think of the Middle Ages and, and plagues. Yeah. That wiped out cities. Yes. Or earlier on in history and even in other places in the world right now. Famine. Yes. Drought. Yeah. You know, you're one drought away from starvation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's a dicey planet to live on.
0: It is. And, you know, one of the things that I think is a good reminder for us is while we are not often affected by these things or affected as much as the rest of the world is, I mean, you can look at – you know, you can pull up news from Africa and you'll see slaughters and massacres and yeah. genocides going on and – you know, to me, that's another reminder of, of God's grace in our country that we are not dealing with that really? on a daily basis. Really? Yeah. So. And look
1: at Puerto Rico right now. Yeah. What a disaster. I know. Man. And probably the biggest thing is they've lost power. You know, you need power. Yeah. Power is down everywhere. How long is it going to take to rebuild that? And they're already, they're in massive debt to the U.S. already. And now yeah. we're going to have to help them rebuild their whole infrastructure. And oh man, those poor people. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad
0: yep so again, just We're you know blessed. remember, yeah, remember just you know God's goodness and his blessing, um you know, in good and bad, um you know, remember where we are, and remember those who are in mourning and Amen. keep them in prayer um and again, as I said, you know, I think this kind of leads in well to our topic today, we are going to be touching on and discussing um legalism and holiness. Uh, where Greg and I did a podcast on legalism, and we, um, you know, really tore it up. And we had a mm. listener um, give us a response and say, you know, I really love that, but can you talk mm. a little bit more about the holiness aspect? Because I, I want to try to wrap my head around God's holiness and what that means in my life. And you know, are are there things that I should be doing and shouldn't be doing? Um and so Steve I emailed this to you and, and you uh or texted this to you and you immediately text back and just were sort of like, I love this topic. Um so uh let's go ahead and start off because you have um a book that you wanted to recommend for this um, particular podcast that we're gonna be talking about. So I'll turn it over to you, Steve.
1: All right, and then you're gonna have a book recommendation too, right? Yes. Right. So we have-
0: probably less vague, probably oh. more vague than your book recommendation, <laughs> but I will still have one. So. All
1: right, so two books for you tonight, folks. So uh, warming us up to the theme of holiness versus legalism, how do I avoid the one and stay on the other, um, I'll, I'll highly recommend a book written in the 1800s by a fellow who was then Bishop of Liverpool in the Church of England, mm. and his name was J.C. Ryle. Mm. I'm not sure. Is that John Charles?
0: uh You know, I'll let you keep talking, and I check will see if right? I can check that okay. out.
1: JC Ryle, you want me to wake my phone up? Sure. For Here we go. Yeah, I left my phone out it's got there. My so. Thumbprint on it, <laughs> and it's good, and it's ready for you. This is live podcast, folks. <laughs> there you are. That's so, JC Ryle. And uh, his little volume called Holiness, you can easily find it on Amazon. I just looked it up on Amazon. There's different publishers, different people, same book. Great book. Um, I think he wrote each chapter individually, not intending to form a book necessarily originally. He was just writing uh, blurbs. He was writing um, little booklets or something on various topics that have to do with the Christian life and and holiness, really. Uh, But Ryle has such a way of writing it's so engaging and he's so warm hearted and pastoral about the way he writes things. And yet he does not mince words, man. The guy Mm -hmm. is as straightforward kind of hard hitting as could possibly be. Yeah. So, uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. I can't remember if there's anything in it. It's been a few years since I read it. Mm And in fact, I can picture my copy right now. I loaned it to someone and literally their dog chewed it up (laughs) and then they gave it back to me. And it's like all chewed up and dog little teeth imprints in it. But, um, I, I can't remember if there's anything I didn't like in it. Nothing stands out to me. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. So Ryle's dates are, and I don't happen to know these, but I'm looking at this um, now on the Amazon site. And he was in the 1800s, as I mentioned. Oh, no. He
0: died June 10th, 1900. Thank you. And it was John Charles Ryle. John Charles.
1: All right. John Charles. So he was a contemporary of the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon, mm. who was not in Liverpool but was in London, mm. to not too far away from each other in that day, and um, they were both, you know, well-known, great Christian leaders, uh, pastors, churchmen in their day. Uh, but Ryle, being Church of England, of course, uh, if you read their doctrinal statement, and I just happened to do this last week, I read their statement on baptism and. If it isn't baptismal regeneration, I don't know what it is. Because they say when the infant is baptized, they receive the Holy Spirit, their sins are forgiven, they they are regenerated. They, blah, blah, blah. you know, so like fascinating. When, when you're baptized, you are a Christian. Yeah. Um. And and I think you know, I've been to Episcopal churches in the U.S. where that seemed to be the case. Yes. And there are similarities there. Church yeah. of England Episcopal Church. Yeah. Um. So so here's something interesting that happened though. So Charles Haddon Spurgeon knew that Ryle was esteemed by many, and, and they, they had an esteem for each other. I don't know if they corresponded or what, but Spurgeon preached a, a great sermon one day at his church that was anti-Church of England baptism. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like decidedly launching flaming arrows at that doctrine and uh, opposing it and, and advocating believer's baptism. Um So, what I read is that from that point forward, the relationship was strained
0: oh wow yeah i could I could imagine <laughs> you can
1: imagine uh kind of reminds me of uh you know Paul when, mm. when Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, and the contention became so great between them that they they split and went two different ways yeah. uh, I'm glad that's in the Bible because it sure does happen in church history, but uh Ryle and Spurgeon were friends until. Spurgeon opened his mouth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is isn't that the case with most people? It's like, hey, I can I can handle being around this person until they open their mouth. Oops, they said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fascinating, man. Good research on that, Steve. Mine's not nearly as uh, well thought uh, out and well researched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Who do you have? So uh, the one that comes to mind is R.C. Sproul, uh, the Holiness of God, and. Um, you know it's funny because we we went on um just before we went on you asked me if i had one and i was like well this is the one i was thinking of um and i asked you you know uh, have have you have you read that and you were like well i actually haven't read that one and i was like darn it because it's been a long time since i've read that one <laughs> and uh my exact words were to you were um i i liked it i remember liking it but i can't remember why i liked it um, and and I loved your comment back to me, which was, well, it was written by R.C. Sproul, so there yeah. there couldn't have been, you know, did he ever write anything bad, <laughs> <that's right.
1: laughs> or not engaging, or not profound? Yeah,
0: yeah, but um, no, I do. I mean, I do remember just the way Sproul um, set up that topic of God's holiness and just how sinful we are in comparison to his holiness and his righteousness. And I think that was one of the things that was most profound to me is just his, his setup of our sin, um, in order to raise up how great God was or God is. Uh, I think it's in that book that, um, he, he just talks about, you know, uh, there's that quote and I believe it's by him where he talks about, you know, many people when they talk about sin, act like Adam uh, simply fell and broke his arm. <laughs> <in relation to laughs> that soon, is good. When in reality, uh-huh. he broke his neck and killed uh, himself. Uh, yeah.
1: Rather than dead and trespass, that's the right. He's just wounded a little that's bit right. by it.
0: Just wounded slightly. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that um, R.C. Sproul, "The Holiness of God," um, great book, and we've talked about Sproul on here before. And like you said, you know, really, there there is nothing that I can think of that's really just um, engaging by him or that he's able to put out there that I feel is um, is good I mean he's a teacher that's what he did for years was yep. taught so um, he he takes that and translates that into written word as well.
1: Last time I heard R. C. Sproul speak, it was at a Together for the Gospel conference. Okay, and remember, we did a podcast on conferences, and we kind of dissed them. Yes, so like that was one. That might be the last conference I went to. <laughs> Not that there was anything bad at that one, but yeah. just I, I outgrew them at that point. Yeah, like I'm too old for this. Yeah, it's too rigorous to travel. But anyway, R. C. was there, and I'll make this real short because I know I told you this before on on a podcast. Sure. So he he came out to speak. And he got behind the lectern, and then he was kind of like um, like the absent-minded professor or something. He's, he's fumbling around <laughs> in his pockets trying to find something, and he finally pulls out this piece of paper, and he unfolds it, and he sits it down in the lectern, and he kind of pushes it down to get it to go flat because it's been folded. Yep. So he's got one page of notes we know. And then he walks away from it, and he never came back, never looked at the notes once. Oh, that's funny. It was just funny. <laughs> and he didn't need them, man. He was smart.
0: Right on the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and we're, you know, um, I think what's um, what's great about what we're going to be discussing is, like everything we talk about, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. Hmm. I think God is holy, hmm. and I think there that is the answer. Yes, God is holy. God is perfect, God is pure, God is blameless, sinless. Um, But for each individual, what does it mean to be holy? And I I think a lot of times what we endeavor to answer is, is there a universal standard of holiness for each person? Hmm. Um, And I think there is a universal standard of holiness for God, but I think for each individual, that can look differently. And I, and I think the reason it can look differently is because the things that you might struggle with, Steve, are going to be different than the things that I struggle with. That there are going to be aspects of holiness. Um, and and I, I say this realizing people are going to hear it, so I'm just going to say it anyway and it will cause controversy and, hey, we love controversy. But there are aspects of holiness hmm. that are going to be easier for one individual than another.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, One person won't even have to pay any attention to that. Yeah, and you're over here dying over yes. it and tearing your heart out over
0: it. Yes, mm. and and so I think that in that there are different levels and different standards of what we consider as holiness and being like God in His holiness. Mm. That that those things that um, I struggle with and that I know are issues in my heart aren't going to be issues for someone else. Yes. And so I have to guard myself and I have to be holy when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. And that holiness in some cases might be just totally um, abstaining from certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah. Well,
1: um, I I want to, say something and then back up a little later and make an argument out of this. Here's the thing I want to back up later and make an argument out of. I'm of the belief. I want to contend that everything in the Bible is about holiness. Every topic, every page, every verse, every word, every phrase. It's all about holiness. Like for example, if I'm preaching, uh, parents, raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word holiness didn't appear in that verse, right. but it's holiness. The word holy, hagiadzo, is the word, same word for sanctified or sanctification. Mm. So the process of growing as a Christian, the process of sanctification, is all, all of it is holiness. So Christian parenting is holiness. So now with what you were talking about, the way these Christian parents train theirs up and the way right. those Christian parents, very different. Right. But they're both holiness. Right. Holiness comes out different ways in different yes. places, different contexts. Yeah, but I would like to argue that that it's all holiness, and here's why I want to argue that. I actually have a bone to pick. I, I hope the guy that I would like to hear this listens to your to this podcast, to our podcast. Um, so I had a guy tell me once well, I'm leaving the church, and they were disgruntled over several things. So all right, that happens. Uh, leaving the church, and I'm not. One of his things was I'm not hearing much about holiness here. And I think I think what he meant by that is I wasn't preaching about. At that season anyway. I wasn't preaching right. about pornography right. or adultery or premarital sex right. or you know whatever sexual sin you can think of. Right. I wasn't on it right then. I think he thinks like that's holiness is right. sexual sins and abstaining from them. Right. But my response to him was everything I ever preach is about holiness. Right. It just doesn't always use the word. Yeah. But it's all holiness. It's all sanctification. It's all being set apart unto the Lord. So, if we're on husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, that's holiness, man. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that'll help somebody to realize, wow, everything in the will of God, everything in my Christian life, everything in the Bible, everything I want to do to follow Jesus, it's all holiness, mm-hmm. not just a little truncated list of three or five bad things right. and avoiding them is holiness. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, the impact of when. You know, God tells His people when Jesus tells His disciples, "Be holy like I am holy." If if you level that out to the nth degree and what that truly means, you know, I mean, you just think about Christ's words. You know, when when Christ says, "I always do the will of my Father." Wow. I mean, just <laughs> th- think about that. Like I always do the things that please Him. I yeah. always do the will of my Father. Huh. I mean, can you live up to that? I
1: wish. Right. (laughs) I would love to always and only do the things that please him. Yeah. That's my heart. But do I? No, I'm with Paul. Right. Uh, I don't understand myself. The things I do, I don't want to do. And things I don't want to do, I do. And wretched man that I am.
0: Yeah. And, and to me, that's, you know, that there is, is where we start taking our relationship that, you know what? I never, I, I can't please him. Hmm. I can't, it's, it's not within my ability. It's not within my power. That's why God uh, gave us the law so nice. that we have a slap in the face of the things that we cannot do and we can't do anything.
1: There's one who pleased him. Yes. He pleased him on our behalf. Yes. God is pleased with us in the beloved. Yes. In Christ. Yes. Yeah. He sees us as Colossians says, holy, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Wow.
0: Yeah. Really? That's amazing. Yeah and to me that is what gives us the freedom to stand before a holy god absolutely that is what gives us that freedom it's not because i have any holiness i have any you know measure of anything in me it's because of what christ did and who he is
1: yep even if you think you're doing pretty good it's interesting yeah. paul said to the corinthians who were like judging him and who were jockeying for you know who's the best teacher and who's the best leader and who's above whom? He said, um, "I don't know anything against myself, but I am not by that acquitted." Mm. So first, isn't it interesting? Paul was such a Christ follower; he was able to say, at least in that moment, "I'm not aware of anything I'm doing wrong right now." Right? I'm not. There's. I can't say anything against myself. I can't say that. Can you say that? No. No. <laughs> like I can think. All right you yeah, know, I was mean to Debbie last week or, you know, whatever. Right, There's yeah. always something. You oh know? yeah. Um, well, and
0: even if you weren't mean, the, the thoughts that came to your head that were mean, Yes.
1: Right? Uh huh. I mean, the yeah. words I wanted to say yeah. to those people, but didn't <laughs> let myself say. So, uh, Paul was able to say, I'm not aware of anything right now that's wrong in my life. But then he pointed out, but you know, I'm not by that acquitted. Meaning, uh, there's a judge who knows me better than I do. Yeah. There's one who reads my heart better than I do. And there might be stinking stuff going on in my heart, and I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. So none of us ought to think we're so clean and so holy and so pure. And yeah, bugs me when pastors, and I'm thinking of one right now, a nationally known pastor, who just comes across with this smug attitude of, like, I'm holy. Mm. Our church is holy. Our ministry is holy. We're very holy people.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
1: I'd rather he minister out of weakness than come out in the pulpit and say, I'm, I'm, I'm a weak, fallen, frail human being. I fail. I don't do always do the will of God. Can anybody identify with me? All right, here, let me show you where I'm finding some green pastors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's this temptation to try to teach from a position of, oh, look at me. I, you know, I'm here, I've made it, I've arrived and. Um, you know, I just, I look at my own life and sometimes it's like, I have to scratch my head and I'm like, man, you know, some of the things that I've been struggling with, you know, I've been struggling with for 20 years. Your bosom
1: sins. Yeah. You know, it's like your bosom sins.
0: Are these things ever going to leave me? And to me, that's where, yeah, that's (laughs) where the comfort of Paul comes in where, you know, the thorn, the thorn in my side, you know, the thorn that's there, that thing that's always just bugging me. And what I love about that passage is it's, it's to me, it's just so vague, you know? I mean, a lot of people are like, well, maybe it was his vision. Maybe he suffered from seizures.
1: Migraines.
0: Yeah. You know, and I look at that and I'm like, you know, what if he struggled with lust? Hmm. You know, what if that was the thing that he was praying to God to take away? What if he struggled with doubt? What if he struggled with, you know, and could have been any or all. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, like, God's response to him is just, it's the most powerful response to me in all of Scripture. My grace is sufficient for you. Hmm. You know, the more that I look toward Christ, the more that I look toward the grace that he has given me, the more I don't have to worry about things. Hmm. That's absolutely true, and that's a great place to be, isn't it?
1: I don't have to worry about things. Yeah. Um, also, when when these national pastors or whoever they are, they're smaller pastors. When, when they come across with the uh, you know, we're really holy up front here. We really have it yeah. together. Um, they have to hide things. Yeah. In the ministry, at least. Somebody on staff did something wrong, and they have to hide it. Yeah. Otherwise, they lose this appearance of, you know, we really have it together. we yeah. They'll tell you all how to do We'll tell you what movies you can go to and what right. you can't and all that. Right, right. Um, so, so I think it gets them into deception sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather just, let's be honest.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's so right. And, you know, I know we're going to have another discussion on um, things that might um, – you know, disqualify pastors from the pulpit. We're we're going to have another discussion about that at some point. We had a brief discussion on it um, with Greg at one point, um, but we're going to get more into the nails and nitty grittiness of of the verses and things like that. But you know, when when I look at you know the things that. You know, qualify or disqualify pastors. You know, to me, one of the biggest disqualifications I would think is someone who's not willing to be open with people. A phony. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a hypocrite. A Holier than thou, hypocritical yeah. phony. Yeah, makes me sick.
0: Yeah, I would. I would rather have a pastor come right out and be like, "Man, you know what? I, I'm a guy just like you. I, you know, can I just be honest and tell you? I I, I struggle with lust. I struggle with pornography. That's." You know, that's something that's huge that I just, I'm battling. And like, rather than being like, oh, well, you can't be a pastor. I would look at that and be like, man, isn't it amazing that who God chooses to use? Mm. To me, that's, you know, God chooses to use anyone. You know, here's a man who's struggling with something, who's put it out there and has just made himself open and vulnerable. You know, we've talked about this before. I think, you know, there is a time where, you know, if sin is immediately fresh that it needs to be handled and dealt with and you know that that if this is something that's tearing apart his family maybe a good idea would be to step aside and you know get his family life together but man how how honest and refreshing is it just to hear a pastor be like man you know what yesterday i just i got mad at my kids and i just yelled at them and you know i lost my temper you know and I went to them and apologized and you know, it was so great to see God's sweet grace work in our family mm. and, and move through that situation. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I want to say, I think if, uh, if a pastor is struggling with porn, uh, oh, in my opinion, he probably, he probably ought, probably ought to think about another career. Mm. So maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't think that way, but I, I would, mm-hmm. I'd view that as a potentially disqualifying thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be awfully, uh, if people found out about it, it probably would become disqualifying right. very fast.
0: Yeah. Well, but, and, and again, like when I, you know, when I say, you know, struggling, I mean, my, you know, my thought in that is, you know, again, this is oh, something that's... Tempted to. Yeah, oh, okay. or, right. or even this is something that he has been struggling with. And so, you know what? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. don't you step aside for now so that you can, you know, you can have somebody help deal with that. You know, Mm -hmm. you can get some help with that, you know, but to be like, Oh, well, we're kicking you out for good and for permanent, you know, to me, that's where I look at it and say, well, what, what happens if, you know, that person steps aside, you know, for a period of time and, you know, they are able by God's grace to get that under control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now to me, they can come back even stronger in the pulpit and be able to help their congregation.
1: Mm -hmm. But there are plenty of things that pastors could be, admitting sure from the pulpit to the people sure yeah oh yeah and far from the people losing confidence in you they instead instead say ah so he's real so there's hope for me yeah there's hope for me there's i have a chance maybe i can do better in my christian life
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: hey back to the thorn in the flesh for a second yeah i have a different theory sure it may be right it may be wrong so paul says i have this thorn in the flesh and then his next words are a messenger that's the Greek word angelos. The same word as angel, Mm. a messenger of Satan, an angel of Satan. Could it be a demon Mm. who took on the form of a Judaizer or who inhabited a person who was a Judaizer who followed Paul everywhere and tried to mess up his ministry, dogged his steps, told people don't listen to him, taught legalism, legalism, legalism instead? Yeah. Maybe that.
0: Yeah. No, that's definitely uh, a good a good thought. I I never really, you know, contemplated it from that from that perspective before. Yeah. I like that. That's great. Just putting it out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on the subject of holiness. Yeah. And and legalism. Um, of course we want to say, well, don't get into legalism. Mm-hmm. But in your avoiding legalism, don't fall out of holiness, Yeah, right? We, we, there's, there's a line to be drawn there Absolutely. somewhere. Yeah. So um, we've talked a lot about legalism on this podcast. Maybe we haven't talked as much about ho- – we haven't used the word. We've talked right. about sanctification. We've talked about it, yeah. <laughs> That's it. We haven't used the word holiness. Yeah. But uh, you, using the word or not, there certainly are th- things. There are There are commands – about what Christians should and shouldn't do. Mm. And these are Jesus's law for us, if you will. I say this because I'm thinking of a guy that used to be in our church, great people. They left and left under good terms in another church, I love them. But I differed with the guy on this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so concerned about law that to him, any command in the New Testament was law and we're not under the law. Yeah, We're not under the law. So if you said, you know, Children obey your parents. You'd say, Oh, that's not the law. We're not under the law. Uh, everything was, we're not under the law. Well, you just did away with every command in the whole Bible. Like, there's right. no will of God anymore. Right. All right. So, there, there are commands. I'm just trying to establish this. Point. Sure. There are commands for New Covenant, New Testament, Spirit filled, baptized believers. And we are expected by the Spirit to render evangelical obedience. Romans chapter 8, the Spirit leads all those who are sons of God. What's he lead them into? Into putting to death the deeds of the flesh, Mm. becoming more like Christ. So by the Spirit, by the Word of God, by God's grace, and not by our own bootstraps at all, we we are responsible for those commands, and and they do matter. Uh, Seeking by grace to follow Christ and obey those commands. That's holiness. Mm. I don't know. Is there anything else that's holiness? That's holiness. That's living holy.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, you know, just, again, just the fact that, you know, the more more we understand who Christ is and what he did for us, the more we are going to seek after him. And I love the Mm. fact that, you know, God doesn't call me in my relationship with him to be like you. God doesn't call me in my relationship with him to be like, you know, any other person or pastor or anyone else. He calls me to be in a personal relationship with him, which means that there are things in my life that are going to seem unholy to someone else. Mm you know and again like if we look in scripture and you look at what Paul talks about with eating and drinking and you know the the meat that was offered up to idols you know these are people who looked at those things that were done and were like man that's that's sin that's unholy that's you know and Paul's like well no it's not mm-hmm. because their conscience isn't bothered by it mm-hmm. god has treated different people differently and he's given different people a conscience now if you do those things it's going to violate your conscience and so therefore you'll be sinning but this person over here, who's doing these things, they're under this. They they have the same Holy Spirit in them. They're not bothered by these things. These things aren't clearly spelled out in Scripture as being right or wrong, and so therefore they have the freedom to partake in those things.
1: Mm. Amen. And you know, you mentioned uh, things that I called your bosom sins mm-hmm. a few moments back. Um, what do you think? Is it fair to say? I think it's probably fair to say to everybody who's listening and to you and me. Sure. Um, we all, we all have some bosom sins. Yeah. They're like the whack-a-mole sins in our life. Like you whack them, they come back up in another hole. Yeah. You whack them, they come back up in another <laughs> hole. Or there's two or three of them. You whack one down, That's the other right. one comes yeah. up. <laughs> right. uh, so you're always fighting one of those. Probably the pursuit of holiness, you know, Hebrews, pursue holiness, pursue peace and that holiness without which no one will see God. There's a holiness to be pursued I don't think that just means So believe the gospel And then you have that holiness I think he's talking about Holy living Practical living So pursue that And without it You won't see God Because it's an evidence It's a fruit of your regeneration Um, I I think it's quite possible That holiness for me Will be those three things That are my whack-a-mole sins that are just going to come up over and over and over and over, and I've got to fight those over and over. And your list is going to be different than my yeah. list. And it's important that you recognize what's your list, yeah. and then start waging some war yeah. against those sins. Yeah. You know, Churchill said, "Something." This is a paraphrase, but it's close. He said, uh, "It is the worst mistake in time of war to underestimate your enemy and try to wage a small war." Mm. And so I think it is against our sins. I think we wage small wars like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm a liar, I'm a liar, I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm a liar, I'm a liar. And uh, and you pray once in a while, Jesus, take this away from me. How about, you know, plucking out eyes and cutting off hands? Yeah. Like how about, seriously remembering a whole bunch of scripture passages about your bosom sin and meditating over them and praying over them and pouring out your heart to God over them. And every day before work, you review those verses because they're three by five cards in your car or they're on your iPhone or whatever. Um, and just really wage some more And you get an accountability, brother. Hey, brother, I've been failing in this and this and this. Would you talk to me once a week and ask me how I'm doing yeah. and challenge me and exhort me and pray with me about this? Start to really wage some war. Yeah. So we all probably have one or two or three whack-a-mole bosom sins that we really need to be waging some war on. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, I think – um I think sometimes in, you know, the reform community, um, we, we've gotten away from this idea of, you know, getting, getting accountability partners and, you know, getting, getting in and getting real with those things. You know, Mm we, we lean so much toward the, the, the freedom and grace aspect of things. And again, like to me, um, when I say that, I think we throw those we throw that terminology around, not really understanding what it means. Because mm. true freedom and grace will lead you to the extremes to to wage war on those sins. It will, um, amen. You know, and so, I, but I think sometimes we use those as catchphrases, and it's like, well, I have freedom in Christ, and mm. you know, I've been forgiven. And it's like, yeah, you have, but that, but seeing what Christ has done for you should lead you into battle with those things yeah, amen to and that. to do whatever you, whatever you need to do. Like you said, you know, plucking out the eye, cutting off the hand in order to, um, to, to make sure that you are absolutely waging that war against it.
1: Yeah. And so, you mentioned the accountability thing, or we both did now. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just share a little practice that that's in my life and I'm involved with some other guys with this and it's really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So one of the things our pastors do at our church, so right now we have three guys. We have a, a fourth guy sitting in with us because he's a possible, he's a candidate for being one of our pastors and we have a few other guys that are about to become candidates, Lord willing. Yep. But anyway, um, so every couple of meetings, one of us, at the very end of the meeting, one of us becomes the subject of attention, mm. and everybody else seeks to be his accountability partner. So let's say it's me tonight, yeah. and you guys would all start asking me questions about, well, man, how you doing with scripture reading? How you doing with prayer? How you doing with that thing you told us about? How you, you yeah. told us about your whack a mole sin? Yeah, and and I have told them about my whack a mole sins. Yeah, I have bared my heart and my soul and my life to them. Yeah. Uh, like if they ever want to attack me, they have ammo. Right. Okay. So I, I'm real with these guys, and I can trust them to be real with them. And they got my back. Mm. It's not like they're looking for things to get me with. They yeah. got my back, and I yeah. have their back. So we we go real with each other. How's, yeah. How are things with your wife? How are things with your marriage? Yeah. How are things with your kids? How are things with finances? How are, and we just kind of go over all of life. But we tend to return often to things that have been mentioned before. So how are you doing with that thing? I love that time in our elders meeting. Yeah. I really do. I love it, particularly when I'm the subject of of the thing, because I'm getting help then. Yeah. I'm getting brothers who love me and they're helping me. Yeah.
0: And I and I think that's like like we said before, I mean that's so important because, you know, there's there's only one perfect shepherd. <laughs> there's only one perfect pastor. There's only one perfect person, and none of us are him.
1: We're not quite quite there that's right that's right (laughs) far from it
0: you know and i think that's a telling thing too in the pursuit of holiness is is where is your heart you know we mentioned that idea of you know pursuing battle you know waging war you know um to me, you know, again, the same the same kind of answer that I would give to somebody who asks, you know, how, how do I know that I'm saved, you know? Well, you know, we go into the details of what Scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But then to me, you know, taking it a step further, it's like, well, you know, to me at the end of the day, if you weren't saved you wouldn't care.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't be asking, right? Yeah. You'd be going your jolly way.
0: Yeah, you know, and so I think to me, the same thing applies here with these sins, you know? How is it that you know that you're pursuing holiness? Well, because you care. Mm, that's you know, really those good. things bother you. And so you want to put yeah. them down. You want, you know, you're praying, God, take this away from me. Let me become more like you, please, you know. And so, yeah, you, you're pursuing that.
1: Yeah, The fact that you care is evidence of a regenerated heart. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. I used to just indulge in my sins, enjoy my sins, and gorge myself with my sins, yeah. and I was happy. And, and then I became a Christian, and all of a sudden, oh, Yeah. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. That didn't please Christ. I'm sorry I did that. Lord, give me grace. So you start, uh, you you have different loves, you have different wants, you have different desires, you have different passions Yeah, and you start to pursue new things and you start to hate other old things that are in you and that you used to do. That's just a fruit of regeneration. Yeah. You're a new creature in Christ.
0: Yeah. Those are the things that I tell my students when, um, when, when they would talk to me and even now when they talk to me about, you know, what what is it like being a Christian? I mean, you know, because there's kind of the idea uh. of like giving everything up. And it's uh. like, well, to me, it wasn't like giving everything up. It was like, well, when I was in middle school, I, I skateboarded. I love skateboarding. I would skateboard all the time. Hmm. Then I discovered rollerblading. Hmm. And my passion for skateboarding diminished and it was put into rollerblading. And I said, you know, it's like that when you come to Christ, that, you know, the things that you once loved, the things that you once prioritized, the things that you once thought were your passion diminish in light of who God is and who Christ is. And so he now becomes your joy. He becomes your passion. He becomes the thing that you pursue. And it makes everything else even greater joy.
1: Yes. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: So it's not like well you have to give up everything and wear a sackcloth and yeah. ashes and drink only water and have a piece of bread every day, sleep with a wooden block for your pillow, right? Uh, like the a cloister. Ever been there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not like that. It's it's rather now you you can really love the things that you love yeah. because you know why you love them. They were made by God. They're made for my pleasure. They're made for me to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and man, I can love them. Yeah. It's, it's a pure love. It's a holy love.
0: We talked about The Great Divorce on um the podcast um before when we did our book, book review. Reviews. Did you read the, have you read that Steve?
1: Long time ago.
0: Okay. The one that always stands out to me is um where uh, you know the angel is talking to this one ghost and the ghost has this little lizard thing on his shoulder which is basically a symbolization of lust and you know the the angel you know basically long story short the angel eventually ends up killing this lizard thing Hmm. and the person is now free from it and um, what he does is he kind of looks over and notice that this little lizard kind of morphs and changes into this beautiful horse this beautiful stallion And he gets up and rides and the the, the person who's kind of going through and experiencing all this asks his teacher and is like, well, I, I don't understand what happened. And he basically said, well, once he turned it over, <laughs> his his improper passion, his improper pleasure over to death, it was now able to be used in its proper context, which is beauty because nothing <clears> – <throat> Nothing mm. there is no original in in Satan's terms. Mm. He's all he, he he's all about twisting and, twist and perverting. It. Yeah. And so the perversion is now able to be made holy again. Yes.
1: Amen. This is why I can now ride a Harley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holy harley that's right it's unto the lord it's thank you that's thank right. you lord yeah yeah hey by contrast so this is about holiness and legalism yeah uh, a little bit of on the legalism side yeah i found this guy's list today this was fascinating uh, a checklist of 30 i won't go through all 30 of these 30 <laughs> legalistic tendencies here's just a few of them that stood out to me that i thought were pretty cool yeah um one is, uh, you're a legalist if you are continually scandalized by the driving habits of others. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a legalist. Yeah. I sure talk to other drivers and give them advice, man. Yes. Um, but here's one that's more serious. You're probably you're messing with legalism. If you believe God loves you more when you behave. Ah, uh, yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. You're on the treadmill, man. That's a legalism thing. Yeah. Uh, God's love is not at all contingent on Are you behaving Yeah He loves you in Christ With an everlasting love That is immense and unmeasurable Yeah Um, You know they say They're telling us now They used to tell us The universe curves in on itself Mm -hmm. And they're telling us now No it's actually very flat There's no curve And it's flat in all directions And it goes to infinity Yeah Wow, God's bigger than that. I know. And the love of Christ is bigger than that. Yes. And he loves you in, with that kind of love in an everlasting way. So if you think
0: about that verse in song, as far as the east is from the west. Oh, man.
1: Isn't that great?
0: hmm And the
1: depths of the sea. Yep. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What were a few of the other ones here? Um, well, you're probably a legalist if your good friends are all from one church or one denomination. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. I thought that's pretty insightful. Yeah. And that is definitely some Christians I have known and do know like yes. we only trust this one denomination. That's right. Um let's see. I don't want to take up time here while I'm just looking through a list quick.
0: Well, you know, jump back. Um what was that second one that you read, Steve?
1: Uh, I believe God loves me more when I behave.
0: Yeah, you know, and um, uh, so I'll kind of let you scroll down and I'll, I'll that, talk about work. that one for a little bit because, you know, I know for me, the times when I'm feeling good about myself, the times when I feel like I'm behaving, quote unquote, I, I feel like those are the times where I'm setting myself up for a huge fall where, <laughs> you know, it's like, I just kind of feel, oh, you know, I'm pretty good. I, You know, I've gone a week and really, you know, I really haven't. Yelled at anyone when I've been driving. I really haven't lost my temper with uh. it, you know. And then all of a sudden, it sets it sets me up for this huge failure. Mm. But the times when I'm like really p- inward perspective, just looking at myself, understanding my proper place as a sinner and God's um, nature as being good and holy, those are the times where I find like I am properly broken about who I am, but so thankful for who He is. And I find that those are the times that I'm extending the most grace, true grace to people. Yeah. Amen to that.
1: Makes me a better driver. Yeah. Yeah. He has a few in here about driving, but here's two more. All right. So you're probably dabbling in legalism. If you feel unlucky or cursed, if you skip Bible reading or prayer that day, Mm. I knew a guy He was a young guy, like high schooler had come to Christ, was passionate about Christ growing like a weed in the savior. And somehow uh, in a campus ministry he was a part of, he came to the idea that if he didn 't read his Bible or pray, God was going to get him wow. like discipline him yeah. that day or something, so he felt like this this legalistic obligation all the time to read his Bible or to pray yeah, and when he discovered no, actually God will love you yeah <laughs> it was it was really a freeing event for him yeah here 's a final one you 're probably dabbling in legalism if you believe that God is more like a policeman mm. and less like a fireman. Mm. Interesting choice, a fireman. Yeah. Who delivers you.
0: Yeah. So mm. that's good. Legalism. Yeah. And it's it's so funny because we all we all get trapped in it. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I you know, I absolutely um, love the freedom that we have in Christ and I love, you know, looking at that and I love trying to lead others into that. But it's so hard when you're in a moment and you're looking at something someone else is doing and you're just like, oh, would you please just get caught? (laughs) Um, You know, I think most specifically about driving. And I was talking to a friend of mine. We were driving somewhere and traffic was, you know, being backed up. And I, I don't know how many people just went buzzing by on the breakdown lane. Oh, and they're just really? driving right by, and I'm just like, Where's the police officer? Yeah, you, hate, um, uh-huh. you know, if only I was a cop. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and I think to myself, I look at that and I'm like, Why do I care? <laughs> why do, you know, <laughs> why do I care? Why does stuff like that bother me? Where Why? why can't I just focus on myself? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And why can't I just delight in the fact that I know that I am here? Doing what I've been asked to do. What's been required. So
1: when you have, when you're in traffic, your, your concern is if those people are going through the lane over there, that upsets you. When I'm in traffic, I'm the guy sitting here thinking, should I get in that lane? (laughs) (laughs) That's my temptation. Especially if I'm on the motorcycle. Oh, that's funny. I just get over there and do like 45 miles an hour and just blow by all of this. Oh, that's funny.
0: That's funny. No, it's, it is. It's It's funny because, you know, my wife's like, yeah, you know, Nathan, he's just, he's a pretty calm and peaceful guy. Like, things don't really while him until he gets in the car. And then it's like, <laughs> then he's the the beast, Hulk. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like just, you know, the green just comes uh, out. All and, your like, testosterone the anger, shows. Yes.
1: Right <laughs> <laughs> hey, on the subject of holiness, mm. you know, let's say to each other, let's say to all the people who are listening to this podcast, uh, come on y'all, let's pursue that holiness without which no one shall see God. Mm. And that probably means you need to get serious. We need to get serious about yeah. a few things and you need to start waging war and you need you probably need to go tell somebody. yeah, somebody you trust, be yes. careful who you pick, somebody yes. you trust, they'll have your back. Go tell somebody. Ask them to pray with you. Pray for you. Ask them maybe weekly. Maybe they're in your church. You see them at church. Yep. Hey, you know, every Sunday, can you just check in with me? Kick me in the backside yeah. about this, and you know, drag me around the place if i been yeah. doing poorly. Um, we probably, we probably all need, yeah, some serious sin fighting in our lives.
0: Absolutely. And can can I just say on the flip side of that too? If somebody approaches you asking you to help them. Let's try to remember that we all need grace, and that mm. we all need somebody to listen to us and Good to share word, those brother. things with. Um, mm. You know, I just I feel like so many times we, as believers, uh, and I think it's two way street. I think that the church for a long time has been so hard and judgmental on people who sin. Mm. You know, and and I mean, if we're if we're hard on. People who aren't believers in their sin, then you know we get all that much harder on people who claim to be believers in their sin. And can we just admit the fact that we are all sinners, we all have issues, and what we need is to come around one another and show yeah. one another support and love in our sin?
1: Big amen to that. Yes. Yeah. Can we please just start helping each other? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but are there people you'd be afraid to tell things to? There are for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, for fear it's just going to come back and bite me in the backside. Oh, yeah. They're going to use this against me. They're going to get me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there there are definitely people that, I, I mean, I am very wise in choosing people who I will go and talk to about things. and. Mm-hmm um you know no doubt um and so yeah i do i think you need to be i think you need to be like i said it's a two way street there i think you need to be wise i think you need to be discerning in the people that you talk to and the people you confide in and and you know are trying to be accountable with and to um but i also think you know that uh the people who are there need to be more understanding of the fact that we are all broken and it doesn't matter whether you have said Christ is your savior or not. You are still a broken person. And until Christ returns, you're going to be broken. <laughs> yeah. Amen
1: to that. So uh, fight sin. So, so so there's a story. I imagine this is fictitious. Mm-hmm. That there's a husband and a wife. Well, this part could be true. And she talked a lot. And he didn't talk much. Mm-hmm. All right. So she had many words. <laughs> I he can see that. Yeah. And he didn't have as many words. <laughs> um so she was ill one day, didn't go to church. He went to church alone. So when he came home, she wanted to know what the sermon was about. So she asked him, hey, what was the sermon about? He said, sin. She said, well, what did he say about sin? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's holiness right there. That's right. Uh, that was a message on it's holiness. Bad. <laughs> yes. By the way, you know, it's, it's interesting. The word holiness, if I remember right, I, I checked this out once. I think it only appears like one or two times. Oh, wow. In the New Testament, whereas holy appears a lot of times, but right. holiness. So uh, I wish I'd known that when that guy said to me, I'm not hearing much about holiness. Right. Well, that's because the word's only twice in the Bible. That's man. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I and I think this is so good because I think it is it is the word of encouragement, and it, and it is a kick in the, the backside. It's a kick in the teeth, you know, that... No, we we need to treat our sin seriously. We can't play around with it. It's not you know. It's not some little toy. It's not you know like playing with matches. Um, it's it's like playing with matches when you're swimming around in a pool full of gasoline. Mm. Um, Ooh. You know, and and so we need to make sure that we are treating this um, as God views it. You know, and, and we see it as ugly. Yeah, as it is.
1: Yeah. Oh man, Richard Baxter. mm Hmm. In the Reformed Pastor. And you know, there somebody Soli Deo Gloria reprinted Baxter in like four massive volumes. Oh wow. Somebody else said the only thing I think it was JC Ryle said the only bad thing about J about Baxter was he never knew when to put his pen down. Oh wow. He just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. So it's unbelievable. But he wrote somewhere that uh helping a guy fight against lust. Yeah. I mean, this is excessive. This is yeah. crazy, all right. But but he went to all kinds of extremes. He said Picture her, there's this woman you're lusting right. at, picture her as she'll be when she's lying in her grave and mm. her skin her flesh is rotting and, <laughs> and all this stuff. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> that could help, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. See no. it for what
1: it is. Right. It's just a body and it's going to be dead soon. Right. And here you are all lusting after it. Yeah. Come on, man. Get your passions going about Christ and his kingdom.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and again, like like we said earlier, when, when you – get your passions right it's not that the passions are wrong it's the directions your passions are going. exactly that's so good you know and i I think that's what we need to remember you know when we talk about in the church you know when we talk about lust when we talk about sexual sins you know i i think we you know we need to say okay these desires are are good. There's good but, lust. Yeah, but the direction lust. that they're going yes. in is bad.
1: That's right. If you want the good side of lust, right. get your wife. That's right. right? <laughs> and you guys have fun. That's right. Yeah, good side.
0: Yep. yep. So no, that's great. And Steve, uh, as always, this has been um, this has been excellent. So looking forward to. Uh, to this one, and you know, so glad that we were able to get back face to face. It's so, so yeah, different, man. isn't it? I couldn't it?
1: call in again. I had to drive yeah. down here tonight, see you, be with you in this room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
0: I appreciate it. And it is good. I, I really do enjoy Having that face to face time, you know. It's a great, you know, a little bit different, you know, being able to react off of somebody's expression. Absolutely. And,
1: Seeing each other. Exactly. Now I have to admit, you you could probably admit this too. Yeah. I, I do miss Greg. Oh yeah. Greg was really fun, wasn't Yeah, he? absolutely.
0: Uh-huh. But we'll he'll be on soon. I think um I'm gonna try to convince him to join us for our Christmas special one. That'd be Since great. he is just gung-ho Christmas, um, I think I'm gonna have him join us for those and get him on. So Um, Yeah, looking forward to to getting him back. But um, this has been wonderful and looking forward to what else we have planned in the future. Me too. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Steve, we just rocked the Casbah.
1: These go to
0: 11.